0: LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station.
1: So, let's thanks for taking the time to join. Um, the article we're talking about is, is from last Sunday's uh, Sunday Independent, where Dermot Crote spoke to a number of club and county managers, one of whom is, is on, the, on the line with us today, Conor O'Donoghue. Um, and just talking about the way the dynamic has changed between management and players over the years, amongst other things, um, I'm also joined by Davey Nelson, of course, hugely successful manager with Navajo O'Mahony's and player as well. We shouldn't forget that six Keegan Cups as player and four as manager. Uh, Davy, I might start with you. It, like 1997 was was when you had your, your first taste of success at senior level. It's a day I remember very well for, for my own reasons with my own club. But you were talking to me during the week and one of the things in this article, it starts off with a quote from Mickey Hart from his uh, memoir, and it starts off with, uh, among the current generation, I've seen a difference, attitudes have changed since I started out as manager. And he goes on to talk about players sitting on a bus after a game where Tyrone had lost and chatting and laughing and how he wondered, did they care? And I know that was something that, you know, I don't know if it was that particular passage, but you read the book and, and you took some things out, out of that as well.
2: Yes, David, I did. Um, well, Nicky obviously been around a very long time, you know, in management and he would have seen um, and I, you know, we would have heard this as well, even with say with Mead senior teams, maybe when 20 years ago or so, when they were still getting to the latter stages of all Ireland. And maybe there was um there was certainly anecdotally some things were referenced after a defeat or whatever that, you know, whereas maybe in the old days you'd be nearly going to hiding after after a bad defeat, you wouldn't be nearly seen. Um young, younger lads at that age were maybe expressing their disappointment in a different way. Um, It's just part of change, David. You know, um, broadly speaking, I've been managing senior teams in four different counties for 25 years. And broadly speaking, most players, the high percentage of players are really uh, decent, hardworking and respect the environment that you try to create. Um, and that's, that's a constant. The thing that has really changed is, of course, society. And, you know, you only have to take, for example, uh, the Jim McGuinness in 2012 with Gall, when he made every player put their mobile phones into a basket mm. and were taken off, off the bus, you know. Um, and you might say at the time that that was a wee bit heavy handed or whatever, but you could see where he was coming from because perhaps he saw the distraction, the influence of modern technology, and that's ten years ago now, yeah. you know. Um, and I think that's what have, has affected players now, because our brains are affected by everything that we are around, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's family life, how we grew up, where we went to school, where your working environment, your sporting environment the lads you hang around with, et cetera. So that's the thing that has changed the most because um, I, I feel sorry for young lads these days, genuinely, that they have so much contenders. I think life is very complicated. and uh, But, but at, the, at, the, at, the, at the bottom line is the high percentage of lads are really sound lads yeah. that just want to, to do their best and be successful.
1: Mm. And Connor, you know, I guess you would have come to management later, but you've been involved at a high level for around 10 years or so now between Dumboyne and the Mead Miners and everything else. And you would have talked in that piece with Dermot last week about a variety of things as well but you know you would have said you know how the players now expect more of a two-way relationship back maybe when you and I played around the same time it would have been more of you know a master and kind of follower sort of relationship with managers the players didn't really question too much you went along and you did your training, and then you didn't really ask too many questions you also touched on the aspect which maybe isn't that new either about players who are maybe have been mollycoddled and their parents are on the line the whole way up and then when they come into senior football they get it hard to take criticism so in 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 general terms, what's what's been your experience of your time in coaching in terms of what's changed in the in the maybe ten years or so you've been involved?
3: Yeah, no, and obviously I've I've nowhere near as much experience or success as Davy. Just to be clear on on that, but my my experience of coaching in terms of dealing with guys, um, certainly more so from the way that maybe I uh, the environment that I was in when I played football along the way to where to where the environments are typically at now is that it is more of a two-way relationship i think with 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 players generally and i think it is more about having um conversations with players i think it's more about actively listening to to, to where players are at i think the relationship that you have generally with with players is not so much a friend um but they want to trust you they want to believe that um you you want their better interests and our better interests as a group rather than your own your own personal ones and if they believe that i think you can get a great response from 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 people that's been my experience anyway through Dunboyne and and various me teams and um i think it's it's hugely rewarding when you when you do go into that relationship i think i i did obviously uh, read the piece that that and, and dermot did ring me and he started with that as a kind of a theme in terms of maybe players being molly coddle and i'm uh, i you know maybe push back a little bit on that because that that isn't really my experience um i think if you Understand that uh, obviously young men, uh, as Davey said, it's a little bit more complex and it's not as hierarchical as it was. And if you buy into that as a coach, albeit you still have to, you know, you look after the team and you're the manager and the book stops with you and all of that. If you have a two way relationship with people where you're listening actively to where they're at and you're very clear and you're both clear that you're about the team and you're about trying to get that player to be as good as he possibly can. I, I, I find that modern players will respond really well to that. That's been my experience, certainly.
1: Yeah, and just on that, because, you know, I was in at the the Premier final there earlier, or last year, which Dunboyne won, as you know, and I was down on the sideline after the game just getting a few photographs for for LMFM and stuff and a few interviews. And what struck me was the physique of these guys. And one of the things that's mentioned in that article is that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you might have a big lad in midfield who's carrying a bit of weight or a full forward, but he can still get by. And it struck me looking at those lads. And again, it's touched on in the piece that, you know, one of the managers I think up in Donegal was a Kilkari was involved with. And he said that what club players are doing now is what counties were doing 10 years ago. So as much as there might be differences in terms of societal changes, as Davy mentioned, it strikes me from looking at, and again, it's a small sample size that I'm seeing, but generally speaking, it seems like club players, even at junior level now, are doing far more than they would have been. And it, and it strikes me, and I, I guess this is where it comes in from a management point of view, that players are demanding more, Connor, from from what you're doing as manager and they will question if they, if they are seeing certain drills or certain things being done. And there's so many places they can see these now online and all these coaching sessions that are put up, they will question you. And I can only imagine that that's a far more demanding role as a manager than it was 20 years ago, where lads generally just kind of went with the flow.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Players are very clear in my, in my experience, anyway. Uh, They want to make sure that the person, the far side is going to make them better and the team better. And if that's not the case, if 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 you don't have the competencies, you don't have the knowledge, or if you're about yourself, well, then you're not over time going to get the response that you're, that, that you're looking from players. In terms of, of, of uncertainty, say the second team, and th- even the third teams now in, in, in various clubs, it's a lifestyle choice uh, the whole way through. And everyone understands that if you want to compete and, and, and play on a big day, et cetera, you do the preparation. And not only that, you, you kind of have to enjoy it. And I think a lot of the players do that. So the stand, I mean, I just wouldn't have survived, to be honest I'm looking at some of them myself playing, and I'm barking this, that, or the other. But I'm thinking, if I was playing, I'd be absolutely murdered out here. I'd certainly be doubled over, uh, panting after a while, looking at them. So they do put in much more, and every generation puts in more than the last. So that's why, just in terms of where Mickey Hart uh, was maybe a little bit critical of the modern player, they demand more of the management. They demand more of themselves as well. And I think it's up to everyone to provide that and 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 that's certainly my experience of the way uh, management and team preparation at club level, and to the extent that I did county, is 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 in that space as well.
1: Yeah, and and Davy, like just to, to go back to your your kind of origins in the coaching side of things, like 1997, as I said, you won your your first. See, I think it was your first year in charge of Navan he's at senior level. You won a, a senior title, beating Trim in the final, and. When you think back to, to nineteen ninety seven, again, I was thinking myself and Connor were just out of were just at a secondary school, but there were mobile phones were just coming on the scene, really. There were no there was no WhatsApp, there was no Snapchat, any of the other distractions people have now. But in terms of your your role as a manager, again, I assume that it was pretty much you would have trained maybe twice a week, you might have had a session on a weekend if you didn't have a game. But compared to now, was your job as a manager on on every level a lot more straightforward and a lot more simple back then than it is now? Uh, without uh,
2: Without doubt, uh, there are so many aspects now to management um, that, uh, Connor mentioned, players demand it, only in a good way, only mm. because they want to be, be, be the best they can be. They're exposed to a good level of, of uh, coaching and management, maybe at uh, colleges level, maybe post-primary colleges level, uh, development squads, county squads. So if your, your club sessions, your club management is not up to it, well, you, you'll soon sure know about it, mm-hmm. you know, and and rightly so, you know. So in every aspect, um, I, you know, it, it has changed. I reckon at the moment, between 30 and 35 hours a week, I was putting in last year to the O'Mahony senior team. Right. Um, if I go back to, we'll say, 20, 25 years ago, I'd say half or less than that. I'd say 12
1: to 15, I would be estimating. And thirty-five hours is a full working week for most people. You,
2: I'm, I'm lucky I work for myself, David. And otherwise, you couldn't do it. Mm. Um, you know, I'd be on it night nice and day, would be a bit obsessive about making sure things were right and what have you. Getting older is—it's <laughs> a virtue in some ways. In other ways, it's—it's it's a bit of a hindrance because um, yeah, you have certain insecurities that grow and what have you. You know, and um, mm. uh, but you do want—you do want to. Um, as I say, to ha- have a very high standard around the panel, ha- high standard of behaviour. And as Connor has a crucial word there, the word enjoyable, because there is, a, there is a danger, a lot of preparation, a lot of training, a lot of sacrifices, and all work and no play makes David a dull boy, mm. you know? So I believe wholeheartedly in a balance between training hard and you're only young once. And by golly, I, I would encourage lads to be young and do what youngsters do, yeah. you know. And um, they know the line. I, I never, I never made a rule in my life. We don't drink this week, or the, I ne- I've never ever done that. I trust the lads. You know what's the right thing to do. I don't have to put a rule in place because you, we trust you to do the right thing. And you know what? I mean, famously, uh, I'm old enough to remember. Um, uh, I was when uh, the meat miners in 1980, and we'd great on one last tour, but. Um, Eugene McGee was manager of Offaly. And before the Leinster final, Eugene was interviewed and he said, how are you going? The interviewer asked me, he says, we're well, going great, training hard. There's men in that dressing room haven't had a drink since last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're really up for this against the Ducks. Yeah. And, and I'm old enough to remember this, Tim. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think lads now, in fairness, really make massive uh, uh, sacrifices to play the game. And the key is to make sure that's enjoyable. So, i don't, I, I try very hard to make sure, as I say, that, that balance is there for them, um, uh, and uh, and that everyone has a role within the the, the, the management framework as well. That everyone mm. has a has a, a contribution to make from the kit man right through. You know, and that that's important. And little things like that mean a lot. That's done right. You know.
1: Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned there. And look, we're all we're all getting older, and. You know, you mentioned there the insecurities you might have. How do you stay, I don't know if relevant is the right word, but I I suppose it is in many ways. How do you stay relevant? Because we're not just talking about, you know, you can do coaching courses and everything else, but you have to have that connection with players. And if if you're trying to coach somebody that's, that's 20 or 30 years younger than you, I can only imagine, I've never, I've never coached a team in my life, so I don't know, but I can only imagine that could be, it could be maybe difficult to bridge that gap and you could maybe have lads going, sure, what does this fella know about anything, as we all did when we were that age. So how do you, yeah. how do you sort of stay relevant and, and, and sort of stay on top of these things?
2: That's some, something I work very hard on, David. In my first job um, in 97, as you referred to, I had a younger brother who was 17 years younger than me mm. that was making the team. So, seven years, two generations below me. I'm the eldest, he's the youngest in a family of six. So, I saw his perspective, or I tried to see his perspective with about another two or three 18 year olds, 19 year olds on that team, like David Hosey, and a couple of other lads like that. Um, And I tried to see it from their perspective as to what they were being influenced by, and to certainly from, in terms of managing them, uh, to, to, to understand them. And as I said, to know what it's like to be young and to depend on what type of character you are. So I, as, as time moves on, um, again, I have three daughters. So parenting has taught me a lot. I have three daughters, 23, 20 and 14. So again, that teaches you a lot because you mix in different circles and they're all female um, and blessed are me among women. So you have to bow to the higher power, yeah. and uh, like, but again, all joking aside, you do learn a lot from their influences. What you know, what boys are like, what things are in the social scene. You know, um, you know, and uh, so I try and stay in terms of that aspect of it. I try and stay that I am reasonably rather than saying I'm a, I'm an old dinosaur. I don't act about that. I think that that won't won't work so well. Mm. Just, at the end of the day, we're still talking about people. And people are are the same. It's the influences that they're getting Mm. from outside forces that has changed people's behaviour and attitudes.
0: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Yeah. And Connor, one of the things, again, that you, you talked about in, in your, your chat with with Dermot was, the, you know, the, we talked about the kind of the mollycoddle kids and maybe lads that don't take credit to that well. Um, Mickey Hart was quoted about modern players saying that saying that they look anywhere and everywhere, but in the mirror now, given the Tyrone one in all Ireland and uh, not long after Mickey departed, I'm sure the Tyrone players would have something to say about that. But what's been your experience um, about a club and at a county level, I guess the county level, you're dealing with guys that, that really want to be there, but I can imagine, you know, when you touched on the, you know, the mental health aspect of it. And so all these things now that modern managers have to consider that maybe 20, 30 years ago, weren't considered at all. So, how do you find it in terms of dealing with with somebody who maybe has an issue with with something you are trying to get him to do or something you've said to him or criticism? H- how do you handle that? Because maybe again, as I said, when we played, you took it or you, you took criticism and you got on with it, or you didn't. You might have thrown a tantrum, but it's 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 kind of moved on a bit from that from from then to now. So how do you kind of handle those sort of situations? Is it is it quite nuanced? I can imagine it is.
3: Yeah, of course it is, and and people are as as <laughs> as different as as there are. You know. Uh, different sorts of trees in, in the ground and all of that. I mean, there's so many different reactions you're going to get from, from from different people. I'm not sure that's changed a massive amount. Certainly, I think people will have that conversation back with you. Um, and, and mostly people are constructive about it. Um, I mean, I heard Dara Michael McCauley saying that Jim Gavin nodded and he was like a parish priest when uh, McCauley was ranting about not starting. I probably wouldn't be a parish priest now in terms of my reaction when I'm having those conversations with people. And if people are reasonable, um, they'll definitely get, you know, a a very clear uh, rationale or understanding from me why they are where they are, what I think they can do. sometimes people are not in that rational mind for whatever reason. Um, And that can happen. That's people, you know, look, again, I'm not 100 percent sure that's massively different today. Uh, to 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 uh, to what it was in 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 the past, and I've seen it over over the years in terms of the different reactions that 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 people have to maybe not starting, uh, to coming off, uh, or whatever it is around the place, and you just have to obviously try and deal with it as best you can. I've had a few massive, uh, uh, I suppose, rows with people, or they have rows with me about what happened, but typically speaking we normally we can we can have a chat after and just and get on with it and that is the case i mean that's that's most of the case and i'm sure davy davy has this as the same experience yeah. people do yeah. care a great deal about 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 their team uh, but sometimes sometimes they the, the desire to play or to start or whatever else is 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 so great and you just have to have that right i mean separately then there is the issue when and and Anyone who's dealing with young people and young men, and again, um, this generation—if you want to call them that—are probably a little bit more forthright about um, when they have an issue or otherwise. And I think um, there is a the critical piece in that, whereby you have to—you have a duty of care, and you have to understand when there's someone um, not necessarily acting up, if you want to call it that, but there's an issue. And there's something that you can do to help them. And you have to have the skill set to identify when that's the case. And I think anyone who deals with young people will quickly um, find out that there are lots of things going on. And you got to do your best to help. It doesn't matter about football at that stage. It's, 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 all, to, it's all to one side. And um, you can very often have, a, 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 I suppose, a powerful positive influence on a situation that might not be going well. And sometimes, and I've seen it, unfortunately, where um, there are other things where maybe you haven't picked it up. Or maybe things are just not in a good place. And um that is a, an unfortunate part of life, but it is something that does come for you know four square to someone who's a who's a manager because you can see people often at their most um vulnerable at, at various stages. And you have to be conscious of that.
1: Yeah. And one of the things, davy and, and we talked about it just off air before we started, was the what i mentioned a little bit earlier in that there are so many more moving parts now to being a manager than there were 10 15 20 years ago that it it is a much more demanding role it takes a far far much more time as you mentioned there and with that then there's going to be an element of burnout for managers because you're as connor talked about there you're having to manage a lot more than you did and maybe you're doing less coaching and more managing of, of players and of of i won't say egos but of mindsets and everything else so with that then, does it, does it become a much more draining and a much more difficult job, or is it still as enjoyable as it ever was for you?
2: Um, that's a good, very good question, David. Um, it's certainly more draining. Um, we started last year on the 5th of January with Zoom call, and we finished on the 5th of November in Dungani. Um, and on a personal level, I took no holidays, miss my family holiday, et etc etc and i'm just saying what it was it was a seven day week job um so uh, you know h- having played a bit and having managed for a long time we're, we're living in the information and technology technology era and there's a, there is a lot of it there and people are ex- are exposed to that and um, it has created a lot of troubles a lot of information maybe a lot of information may be a little bit unnecessary. It was a very simple life, certainly when I played or, or started managing. It was relatively simple. Um, now, there's still massive enjoyment. You get a championship win, any championship win. I've always said, you win a championship match. The dinner tastes better. The pints taste sweeter. And it's just no better feeling for GA people, and that's what we all love, whether it's junior club, intermediate, uh, senior, or intercontinental, whatever. There's no better feeling, you know, uh, and that's still very rewarding. Um, you always need to be a little bit mad to be a manager because I'm mad in a good way, because if you do do a, a line down the page, the fours and against, uh, <laughs> the, the against column is going to be a lot longer, you know, yeah. but you don't do that because I suppose you have an inert love of the game. And, and you know, and if it's your own club, as Connor did so well with Dunboyne and myself, not too bad no matinees, you self-effective, David, you're going to be entrenched there. Mm. You're going to, you know, it's hard to get away from it in a good way. Yeah. You know, um, going outside the county taught me a good bit as well, because clubs I was with, funny enough, were all rural area clubs. And that taught me a good lot of different things, how a rural area would conduct its affairs compared to a town area. You know, um, I'd also feel now, for example, that players, for example, they can get too much information. Mm and get has a bit bogged down, especially when it comes to injury. Um, hamstrings are graded. Um, injuries are, you know, uh, prehab, um, rehab. We never had as much information about uh, preparation, about injury, recovery, etc. And yes, in my long, long social I have never seen as many people injured in my lifetime. Never, never, as there are, and and you know acute injuries, not just little niggly things. And despite you like the best practice, yeah. you know, um, a player can certainly get his head filled with the internet, or maybe listening maybe off the physio what he really what you should be thinking on. You know, yeah. We, I, I, are you thinking? You,
1: know, are you sort of saying that it's that a lot of the injuries are psychological, maybe, or that they're they're being in their own heads, or exaggerating them a little because of what they've read or what they've heard.
2: I wouldn't say they're psychological, I'm, I'm sure they're injured, I don't doubt that. Mm. Um, what I'm saying is maybe that it impinges on them, you know, uh, um, more than it should. Um, you know, um, yeah. uh, that's something I would have noticed. And just as a graduate thing, I'm not obviously, a medical person or anything like that. Was, as Jack, Dr. Jack Finn famously said to Colin Marroke one night at th- Thursday night training, well, we better not x-ray it before the weekend's game in case it is broken. You know, and I know it's, a, it's joking about that. It actually yeah, yeah. did happen, I believe, you know. Yeah. the x-rayed on the Monday. You know, but we have such a high level now of, in fairness, professional people around, all the teams. They all want to do their best. Um, and they do. And I've been very lucky to do with a lot of very good people. But um, I just know players can, as part of getting so much information. I mean, famously, when, when Joe Schmidt took over the Irish rugby team, because I have a big interest in rugby, I've had a lot of rugby in my time, and he gave them so much information, they were in the first two internationals and forgot to play. Mm. And the Munster players in, in particular, Paul O'Connell, etc., had a real, said, oh my goodness, I, we're going to get processed early in the week, because the fundamentals of a game of football start on Saturday. I mm. can't have all my head filled with what all my detail has to be, you know. Yeah. Um, because Gaelic Games too, and sorry David, if I'm moving on no, you, no. because Gaelic Games has become so tactical, um, I think some coaches, managers can get bogged down a little bit too much in the tactical side of the game.
1: Yeah.
2: And maybe that has an effect on the player as well. He's taken on a big, a big load that maybe I would certainly try and make sure it's, it's simplified because in my experience, players are best when the message is clear and, and simplified and they know exactly in their own heads what they're, what they're doing and how they're. How they're feeling maybe post
1: injury or whatever. And just Connor, I've I've got one word written down here in big letters. Listen to David there, and he touched on it a moment ago. But why is the word I've got written down why, why do you guys put yourself through this torture? And you know, I know there's a bit of an enjoyment about it. But David himself said there that if you were to write a list of pros and cons, which in mo- with most things in life, you would go with the the bigger list, and you go right. Well, there's, there's too many negatives here, but with sport i suppose it's not just as simple as that and there are one one pro can outweigh 10 cons as abie touched on there you win a championship match is that why you're you're still involved and you've been at it for so long that you, you just love it
3: i think it's just sadomasochism of of, <laughs> <laughs> of various degrees that's that's probably where 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 it's at and i do um, davy obviously said that it's, and i like that number as well it's about 30 hours a week is what it takes and um so it's it's this um, is a this is a club level just to be clear club level, club level yeah, no, and not-
1: that's and that's not like that would be the same of a junior manager an intermediate manager it doesn't really matter that's the difference isn't it it's, it doesn't actually matter what grade you're coaching at if you're coaching a first team for any club that's what you're having to put in
3: I think so yeah I mean that's 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 where it's at and um, your weekends are gone as Davey said holidays are gone you're not a, if you're serious about it you're not away for years um and um it's it 's definitely there on that page on the wise there's a there's a few question marks all right <laughs> but um no but but at, the, at at its at its core um obviously we 're ga people that 's it it 's inert it 's in in us um whether we whether we wanted to be there or not, and uh you know with this sense of i think every manager has it and i always detected around and certainly detected it at davy when we 'd compete on the line, and I have it as well, i think. It is a sense of drive and um, it's that thing where you're you're going to bed at night at whatever time 10 11 12 o'clock and it's, I don't want to think about this for the next few hours but <laughs> you're going through minutiae about yeah. trying to work things out mm. and um, that's the reality of it it won't it doesn't <laughs> it's um, it is almost like a form of mental illness and and uh, that's, that's that's part of the reason why you end up doing it and why you end up going back to it it's an obsession. You um, can't get it out of your head mm. and you can't get the drive out because it will be much easier, in truth, not to be uh, involved in many respects because it is difficult, but it is rewarding. And really the reward comes, um, and I haven't had near as much success clearly as Davey has ha- has had, but the reward comes for me anyway from, from uh, when you see someone really pushing on and having a moment and a championship win and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you see players develop, it is rewarding. Or they go on, they play with their county and you know that um, you've helped them help themselves to find a way or, or whatever it is to be as good as they possibly can be. There is there is enormous reward in, in, in that side. But yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a good question. Why? Yeah, it's a good question. Just just
1: one final question to both of you then to wrap things up because I feel like we could talk about this all evening. And I feel like even though with the article that I read last week, what we're ha- what we're talking about here, we're still only barely scratching the surface of this, of this conversation, but just one final thing to wrap it up. We talked about what things were like back in 1997. We, we see in the article in the paper that the manager, uh, up in thinks saying that, you know, 10 years ago, what county teams are doing is what club teams are doing. Now the curve is, the graph is only going one way. So maybe for you first, Davey, is it, is it a bit dangerous that you're having to put in 30, 35 hours a week? Like, is that how it should be? And, like, where does it go from here? Because, you know, are we going to be in a situation in, in 10 years' time where you're putting in 40 hours a week? Like, there aren't enough hours in the week to do that. So are you a bit, you know, when you look at the trends, are you a little bit worried that it's, it's getting a little bit out of hand in terms of the commitment the players and managers having to put in? Yes.
2: Yes, David. Um, I was concerned when rugby went professional that, uh, and a small island like ours that inter-county teams would follow the rugby model. And I think they have in a good lot of ways in background uh, teams, et cetera. And then, um, you know, they say in America, the NFL, that it's a copycat league. Well, in Ireland, GA is very copycat. You're going to look at what the way Jim McGuinness changed the face of football in 2011 and 12 with his defensive system and the way Johnny Gall played football, et cetera. We're now 10 years on from that. And that style has been the biggest that change of style has been the biggest ever emphasis on, on a change of direction in Gaelic football in my long lifetime playing. And your earlier point, David, when the, maybe the Burley full forward or, or the, the slightly overweight midfielder who was great in the air, I played against many of those who would terrorise you on a day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wish it weren't so. That First and foremost, now, you have to be an athlete first and a footballer second or third. I don't like that. That has put a lot of physical demands on people. Like when Conor mentioned earlier about Michael Darren McCauley, he won football of the year in 2013. You could say a great footballer, obviously, to win the, the, that, that award, he must have been. But he couldn't kick the ball. Mm. He was a non-kicker of the ball. Yes, powerful runs and surges and laying things, and obviously a wonderful player. But there was the modern, modern player for you that he couldn't actually kick it. So, David, to answer your question, um, I think I hope we're at the ceiling. Um, I think it's it's uh, it's very very high. Thankfully, you know, players, um, I think at club level, have I always say they don't want to be county players. They don't want to train seven days a week, and they'll do they'll do the three or four, and that's it. And I said earlier about the balance of enjoyment. That's crucial because if if it becomes unenjoyable, so we may forget about it. Mm. You, you know, we, we really lost what it, what it is about. You know, um, and I hope if we're having a conversation a few years time, it, it hasn't gone any further than this. I really think about the ceiling in terms of the way the way teams are managed and the amount of hours that was in to actually performing the task.
1: And Connor, what would you what would you say about the way things are going? Would you agree with, with what david says? Are we at a ceiling? Is it possible to to, to, to go any further with this?
3: Well, It's always possible to go further, but if it's if it's if the balance is wrong, it's not good for anyone to be honest with you. And I know for myself, say with Dumboyne over the last couple of years, to be fair, we 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 probably had a reputation as an athletic side in that, but um, I would say we did virtually nothing the lot over the last two years. A handful of times we didn't use a football in anything that we ever did, it was almost all game based, uh, game based work now, high intensity. And they would have been asked to do a little bit themselves separately, typically before or after a session, try to get that twice a week training, maybe three when there's no match. And we try to keep it at that because I don't think, I'm not sure it's healthy after that, to be to, to be honest with you. I think on Davy's point, it is true. I, I mean, there's not much more to give from the management perspective in terms of hours beyond that person going full-time. Yeah. And really the way I believe that it's going to go is that, um, so if myself or Davy were to become a manager anywhere, I think it's now a situation where the clubs themselves will have to create the infrastructure uh, that managers sit into. So what I mean by that is the strength and conditioning is a club competency. It's not, it's not the job of a manager and, um, and, and perhaps some of the coaching to an extent, the, the, the performance analysis, the video analysis, the, well the video analysis will have to be done by the manager. What well, there's an ecosystem and infrastructure that a manager goes in and sits into because um, that's it's not possible to do much more because there is an issue whereby I work for myself now as, as well. I know as Davey does, I, all those things are not um, insignificant. and um, what I mean by that is we can't have a situation whereby management is reserved for those who can put in 35 hours a week. That's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that's it would be much better if we if, if management could sit into an infrastructure that clubs had responsibility for, and they come in and they manage, and they did that thing we talk about at the start. where you are getting the best out of someone. You're building a relationship with someone. You're trying. You're you're bringing them to whatever level you possibly can. You're bringing the unit to whatever level you possibly can. And you don't need to be worried about gyms, dumbbells. You don't need to be worried about who's got the the the, the performance analysis package. Where is it this week? And that I think is critical is that there's a specialisation in terms of what the manager does because yeah. um, I I don't think it's sustainable to go much more than this. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably a fair point and a a good point to end on. Listen, lads, it's been really interesting talking to you. As I said, I feel like we're only scratching the surface of this one. But Conor Donahue and David Nelson, thanks a lot for taking the time and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, David. David. Thanks, David. Thank you.
0: LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station.